In today's episode, we're going to talk all about time management. We're going to share the top 10 practical tips that actually work for us. There's lots of other lists of time management practices, but many of those haven't worked for us. Perhaps they're a bit too rigid or in some cases simplistic. So we're going to share with you what works for us. And of course, we acknowledge that time management is a myth. There are always only 24 hours in a day. So all we can do is manage ourselves and what we choose to do with the time we have available. Maybe that could have been our first tip, but it's more of a philosophy really. Yeah, this is where I have to confess that time management probably isn't one of my strengths. However, as much as I would love to see procrastination as an Olympic sport, it doesn't hurt to refocus and get some ideas for managing ourselves. So take it away, John. Well, Denise, I think Stephen Covey said it best. Number one is begin with the end in mind. That's our destination. So it brings clarity and purpose. More recently, Simon Sinek tells us to start with why and then look at how and what. But the why is most important as it describes our purpose. Otherwise, we can be doing lots of good things, but not the important tasks that produce the real results. Number two is write it down and break it down. This clears your head of all those other tasks floating around in it. So I find it helpful to write down the tasks for a particular activity I need to undertake. Then break them down into smaller items, which then gives us baby steps, which are much more easy to accomplish. Personally, I find it really useful to draw it as a mind map with the desired outcome in the middle and the main tasks as primary branches and then subtasks as twigs. You can apply that approach to almost any outcome you wish to achieve. It's actually what I did when I started writing my PhD and even the final version still had those mind maps at the start of each chapter as a visual representation of what was being covered. Sounds pretty cool, John, and it's really good advice because I tend to get stuck on the big goal. Uh, number three is a good one that works for me. Just make a start. Don't fool yourself that you can write perfect prose or do anything perfectly the first time. To be able to edit your work and improve it, you just need some words on the page. So just start writing. Otherwise, you can suffer from blank page syndrome where you get stuck at the first bit. Okay, this is a tough one for me, but number four is aim for a B minus. Stop trying to be perfect and aiming for an A plus all the time. I learned this one from Amy Porterfield's podcast, where she interviewed Brooke Costello, a life coach. Her approach, which is like walking on glass for perfectionists, is that you can produce much more work at that level than if you aim for the A minus or A plus. She says, B minus work can change people's lives. Work that you don't produce at all does nothing in the world. Seth Godin also talks about this and puts it this way. If you need to send an email, you can spend 11 minutes meticulously composing it and getting every nuance just right. Or you could do it in one minute and get it 90% right and spend the remaining 10 minutes doing other important tasks. It's about the opportunity cost and the diminishing returns of spending more time to get from good enough to almost perfect, as we'll never actually reach perfect anyway. 
Yeah, and just on this, I've recently read the book Ish by Lynn Kazali, an Australian author who encourages us not to get caught in the perfection trap, but be content with good enough. This is something I'm still practicing and John as well, but the benefit, and, and we know the benefits, but it's hard when you do have those perfectionistic tendencies. And I've also just read that book. And while I found it challenging, I know that it's something I need to practice more in my life. On the other hand, number five is one that I practice a lot. When you need to finish writing at the end of the day, stop halfway through a sentence. Ernest Hemingway said, when you're going good, stop writing. Again, I use this technique when writing my PhD. That way I didn't come back to that dreaded blank page staring at me at the next day. I just knew where to start and it was easy to do. Yeah, that's another good one, John. You told me that a while ago and it really stuck with me. Number six is write down your most important task for the following day before you leave work at the end of the day. Then when you arrive in the morning, it's staring at you and there's no need to think, you just do it. Ideally, you don't even check your emails and other time waster tasks. <laughs> Number seven is kind of related eat the frog. Mark Twain once said, if it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. So <laughs> with those frogs in mind, do the unpleasant tasks first and you'll find your day will only get better. Oh, Denise, that is so true. I actually have a book with that in its title. Eat that frog, 21 great ways to stop procrastination and get more done in less time, written by Brian Tracy. Interestingly, he didn't attribute the title to Mark Twain, merely saying that it was a well-known saying. Never mind, I guess that was before the days of Google. Number eight is go with your flow. By now you should know whether you are the most productive in the morning, afternoon or night. And whichever it is, that's when you should schedule your most important work and then savagely protect it. For me, I'm a morning person. So generally, I meet with people and have meetings after 11 o'clock in the morning. By that time, I've achieved my best work for the day. Okay, we're getting towards the end now. Number nine is just say no. I confess I struggle with this one as I prefer to please people, but I know it's the right thing to do at times and practice is the key here. Wow, that sounds really good, Denise. Can you tell us a bit more about how you actually do that, please? No. <laughs> See what I did there? No, there's not really anything more to say about this, um, John. It really is practice. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Denise. I didn't see that one coming. I think a lot of us struggle to do that one. I remember a lovely guy who was a publications manager, and he had a sign on his desk that said, A lack of planning on your behalf doesn't constitute an emergency on mine. So when people would bring overdue manuscripts and plead for them to be put at the front of the long queue for editing and printing, he would just point at that sign and shake his head. Okay, folks, drum roll. Our number 10 tip for better time management is single task, not multitask. It's been shown that it takes our poor brains several minutes to effectively swap from one focus to a new one. Multitasking is a myth disproved by MRI machines. Numerous research studies have shown that in experiments, 
subjects lost time switching from one task to another. And as tasks became more complex, they lost even more time. Plus, it can ruin your mental health by making you more anxious and uptight. So do yourself a favour and focus on one task at a time. So you've heard our thoughts, our 10 tips on time management. Now we'd like to hear yours. Add a comment below this episode and give us your top tip for time management. We don't want this just to be a one-way conversation. So please join in by sharing your thoughts and ideas with us. Thanks folks for joining us on this Enablers of Change episode. Remember to subscribe if you'd like to hear when new episodes are available.